perimenopause and menopause does not have to be that way. It does not have to be a hormonal hot mess. It does not have to be this unhinged feeling. There is so much we can do. And what I've done in the book is really widen the toolbox, right? We're bringing in Eastern medicine. We've got Western medicine. We're merging the two together. And we're saying, look, there's a litany of stuff that you can do to balance your hormones. There's no reason to walk around feeling miserable. Welcome back to the Energized with Dr. Marisa podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones, optimize your metabolic health, and feel energized in your body so that you can age powerfully and wake up feeling amazing in your body for many years to come. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. I'm at the end of the luteal phase of my cycle right now. And at age 44, better believe I know it because I'm a big believer and advocate of body literacy, knowing our bodies. The more that we can know about our bodies, the less surprised we are by the hormone shifts that occur on a monthly basis and also during our bigger shifts like puberty, perimenopause, and menopause. I want to know where I'm at in my cycle because who I am on day 24 is very different than who I am on day 27, which is where I'm at today, versus day five or even day 13. My energy levels, metabolic needs, insulin sensitivity, mood, microbiome, and resilience shifts along with my hormones. Our menstrual cycle is a sequence of hormone production that shifts every single day. Yes, every day. And this is very different than those who are born as male. Right, men have one dominant hormone, it's testosterone, and it runs on a 24-hour cycle, which is a much more simple physiological process than ours. Now, for those of us who have a menstrual cycle for approximately 40 years, we get to accommodate to the shifts and changes of the three main reproductive hormones. Those are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Now, the daily changes of these powerful hormones can really affect so many things in our bodies. Bodies that were designed and created to bring children into this world. Aside from the effects of these hormone changes on our female reproductive system, these daily changes map our mood, our fertility, our sense of agency, our psychological health, our aliveness, and again, even our microbiome. It's really quite remarkable when you think about it. Our bodies were exquisitely designed to run a menstrual cycle every single month in preparation for a potential pregnancy, and our hormones, metabolic health, immune health, nervous system, neuromusculoskeletal system, and so much more all need to function in order for us to conceive and grow a fetus. Honestly, this entire body that we live in is orchestrated for us to bring life into this world. And I want you to know 
that I have so much reverence for women's bodies. I'm also blown away by how few women have been educated about their bodies. I mean, how was perimenopause not defined until a couple decades ago? I think about the millions of women who still don't know that they are in perimenopause or even in menopause, and they are struggling with declining hormones and early metabolic dysfunction, and I feel like our healthcare system has basically failed them. Now, I invited Dr. Taz to join me today to talk about our constantly shifting hormones and the even bigger shifts like perimenopause and menopause because we need to know more about our bodies and we need to be able to educate our daughters and granddaughters and nieces and the younger girls coming in so that they understand their bodies better. Our lack of knowledge has put us at a big disadvantage, especially as we get older. One of the areas we really need to understand, especially over the age of 40, is where our metabolic health stands. You know, are you one of the 92% of women struggling with at least one or more biomarkers of metabolic disease over the age of 40? And if you've been wanting to know where you land in terms of your metabolic health, because you keep getting told that your labs are normal, but you have a deep feeling that your metabolism is potentially slow or even sluggish due to the low energy, the stubborn weight gain, the brain fog, the sleep issues, the mood swings, right? Like it starts to add up and you wonder if my labs are normal, is this really what's going on with me? So I want you to know that I just created a brand new, extremely comprehensive metabolic assessment for women specifically using functional lab ranges that will provide you with laser clarity so that you know where you stand along with recommendations depending on the level of metabolic dysfunction. So again, it's important to know what tier we're in as well so we have a good sense of you know what we need to do about it. Now I have the full metabolic assessment for women in the show notes for you to go and check out right now. It's gonna be right there, just download it and you are good to go. And now that you have access to this game-changing assessment, I wanna welcome Dr. Taz to the show, but before I do, I wanna quickly sing her praises. Dr. Taz is a board-certified physician specializing in women's health, weight loss, and nutrition. She's the author of Superwoman RX, What Doctors Eat, and the 21-Day Belly Fix. She's the host of the Radio MD's Dr. Taz Show, the Superwoman's Whole Health Fix podcast. She's also been featured on tons of media outlets, including Dr. Oz, Today, Access Hollywood, Good Morning America, Extra, and so much more. And she's got a brand new book coming out called Hormone Shifts that we're going to be talking about in great detail. Let's welcome Dr. Taz to the show. Dr. Taz, welcome to the new podcast name, actually, Energized with Dr. Marisa. It is so fun to get to have you on the show. And girl, I cannot tell you how excited I am about your new book. I can't wait to get my hands on that book. So yeah, maybe I'll get a secret copy early. I don't know. So I can share it on social, <laughs> but I cannot wait to dive in. Honestly, I don't even read books these days. I have to listen to them on Audible as a mom. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. that's how I consume content these days is Audible or podcast. And so I'm excited to get it on Audible actually, but I'm really happy to have it in my hands. And the book is called Hormone Shifts. And girl, and I have a feeling, you know, when I'm thinking about hormone shifts, I'm thinking about the hormone shifts that I'm dealing with, oh, but yeah. I know that I'm in second puberty, right? I, I'm on the way. It out. is second puberty. It is actually perimenopause, by the way, is a second puberty. That's a great way to phrase and it. And in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like a bit more of a hotter mess because there was something about, you know, the teenage angst and teenage going through it. And obviously when you're in that experience, you're in it. So I get it. But man, as a grown woman, you know, raising children, having a partner, running a business, all the things, 
it feels like a lot more is at stake. You know what I'm saying? Versus whether my boyfriend is going to break up with me in high school or not. It feels like right. a different ballgame. Right. Yeah. And so I have a feeling this book probably kind of talks about both shifts or is it predominantly talking about the one that I'm in? It is actually, so I wrote this book for all women. The book. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slim down. That's drmarisa.com slash slim down, and the link will be in the show notes. Is the hormone shift. And as I've practiced at Center Spring MD over the last 15 years, and we have this big team now, so we've had so many patients come through. But what we are seeing over and over again is that there's not a conversation around hormonal health for all women. There's a lot of conversation around getting pregnant. There's a lot of conversation around maybe having sex and libido, but there's not a lot of conversation around what it means to be hormonally balanced and what you can and cannot do to achieve that. And that's for our young girls. I have a 15-year-old, so it's for my 15-year-old who is in puberty and past it and dealing with her own hormonal shifts to someone like my mom who's now 70-something and is having her own menopause or postmenopause. To me, I'm at 50, you're at 44. It's really for all of us. And the reason I say that is because in Eastern medicine, they honored the hormone shifts. They didn't see it as a sell-by date or an expiration, they honored it saying that with each shift are life lessons, is their spiritual growth, there are opportunities, and you simply need to balance the body, the mind, and the spirit appropriately to navigate each of those shifts. So you're in perimenopause. Perimenopause is kind of like the second puberty. It's been fascinating to talk to women and see the same kind of issues hormonally that they dealt with at puberty kind of reflare as they hit perimenopause. And this is everything from, you know, teenage anxiety, now perimenopausal anxiety from teenage eating disorders to over 40 eating disorders, you know, acne, acne, hair loss, hair loss. I mean, we're seeing this mirroring of these symptoms. All of that to say your foundational hormone chemistry, it's set pretty early on. So the more you understand and learn about your body and how it all plays into your hormones, the more successful you're going to be as you navigate each of these shifts. So, you know, this is really for all of us. And so I want everyone to read it and hand it to a woman that they love and hand it to their daughter or to their mother or to their best friend, because the more you understand about your hormones, it becomes an empowerment tool and it literally changes your life. It's going to change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you interact in a relationship and so much more. Mm. I was thinking about some of those symptoms there as you were mentioning them, and obviously a lot to do with our reproductive hormones, 
But I also know that there is a underlying foundation of our metabolic hormones that are playing a big role. And I think about particularly around in puberty or in high school, you know, depending on what we're eating or what's going on, it can have a major impact on our hormones. But then also in our forties, I think women are just like, what just happened to me? Like I was doing just fine. Nothing that I eat or nothing that I'm doing in terms of working out is working for me. And I don't know if you address some of the metabolic components as well inside of the book, because they tie so strongly into our reproductive hormones and obviously how they interconnect. And I find that some of those symptoms that we see in first puberty and in second puberty definitely have a metabolic component to it as well. There's a huge metabolic component to it. And I think that one thing that we want women to understand is when their hormones shift, regardless of what the shift is, whether you're dropping progesterone, your cortisol is going up, your thyroid's off, whatever's happening, your blood sugar gets manipulated, right? So blood sugar and insulin are determining how much you're going to store. Are you going to hold on to belly fat? Are you going to build muscle? You know, all of these factors are involved in metabolic health, but they're directly tied to hormone health. So we hit perimenopause. And one of the first things that happens is progesterone levels fall. And we also see cortisol levels get even wonkier. And that interplay disrupts sleep, can trigger sugar cravings, can trigger carb cravings, can make us hungrier at certain times of the month. And so we start becoming unhinged is probably the best way to describe it where we're eating like, you know, we're not even conscious. I've done this. We're not even conscious of what we're eating. Sometimes we are, you know, irritable because maybe we haven't slept, you know, but we're just like, we're kind of all over the place. Well, that same all over the place feeling is exactly what's happening to your blood sugar. And when blood sugar is not stable, then we know that insulin levels go up and that results in belly fat and stored fat, which is why you can't lose the five pounds, 10 pounds, like you were able to in the past. And so for a lot of women, what's the answer? They will be like, oh my God, I'm gaining weight. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to exercise more. That is the last thing we want them to do because when they do that, they further worsen this alteration in insulin and this high cortisol. And so they're pushing themselves into full out adrenal fatigue and the body's just like, I'm going to store. This is a crisis mode. I'm just going to store more. So they stay in the cycle of gaining weight and holding on to belly fat. What's the answer? You've got to get your hormones balanced. And so you really want to understand and look and see what's happening with your hormones before you step into any type of diet and exercise plan that seems excessive because it's actually going to work against you. So, you know, we spend a lot of time and we do it in the book too, talking about the intervals of eating, getting your protein in, working on sleep. What can you do to help with sleep and trying to sleep through the night? You're in a unique position because, you know, you're going into perimenopause and you have young children. That's a double whammy for sleep, right? So are you really getting 90 minutes of deep sleep, 90 minutes of REM sleep, which is what the body needs to sort of restore regular metabolism? And so a lot of women, the answer is no. If I put trackers on them, we would see if, you know, we track 10 women, probably eight of them are not getting the right quality and amount of sleep that they need for healthy metabolism. So metabolic health and hormone health is so intricately connected. I think we don't talk about that enough. I think that we think about cholesterol and insulin and blood sugar and heart health as its own little category, but it's directly tied to what a woman's hormones are doing. And so in practice, I've started automatically screening all women who turn 50. They automatically get a coronary calcium scoring study because we really do want to understand what's happening with their heart health. And we've been putting trackers now on women 40 to 50 to see what their blood sugar is doing, to get a better understanding of what behaviors 
are driving that? Is it sleep, which is what I've learned for me, it's very tied to sleep. Is it stress? Is it certain foods, you know, or is it a time of the month or can we find some pattern to why blood sugars start to get wonky? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. I think sleep is one of the biggest ones. I love wearing my tracker, but I'm often not getting a great score. We've made the decision to co-sleep with our son. And when he sleeps next to me, not only does he want to be in my arm, you know, like sleeping right here, but he wakes up a lot more when he's with me than when he's with dad. And so it's really interesting, you know, that especially women listening who are maybe in perimenopause and ended up having younger children, you know, later in life or having kids later in life and choosing, you know, whatever attachment style you decide and how that has a profound impact on your blood sugar. And one of the ways that I kind of really look at that is you're talking about a tracker, a continuous glucose yeah. monitor. Yeah, are I you wearing one? Let me no, see. I, have one. I don't have oh, one. Okay. I just took it off a couple of days yeah. ago. I one about six months out of the year, but I always look at my blood sugar right before bed. And then obviously I look at it right when we wake up in the morning. Right. And I can tell, you know, and for some people, it's late night snacking, right? And then they're going to bed and it's deregulating and they wake up with a higher fasting blood sugar. Yeah. But if you do space out dinner far enough, it really shouldn't be the thing that's impacting you. So if I wake up with really anything above 80 milligrams per deciliter, because often I'm in the seventies, I know that my sleep was probably a major player in deregulating my blood sugar the next day. If I can't see another variable that could have been right. driving that Very much, um, yeah. outside of maybe some free cortisol that's hanging out from the day before. Cortisol and super women. I think that might be a universal. I feel like all women I meet nowadays have high cortisol because everyone's like, doing the juggle, right? Just juggling, juggling everything. So I want to talk a little bit about your, and thank you so much for sharing some of those insights and really figuring out what is that exact thing for you. And I love when I have other experts come on the show and say, get a CGM. And I get that they're expensive. You know, they're expensive. Yeah. You know, most doctors are not going to recommend it unless you have type one diabetes, not even type two diabetes. But I think even having it for one month can change so much about what you understand about your health and most importantly, your blood sugar indicating potentially insulin resistance and metabolic dysfunction. So just something to consider having a good sense of what's happening, but also tracking your sleep. Like I said, I still look at it every day, even though my scores aren't the best all the time, you know? So those are the types of things that I think we can biohack to get better information, but I would love for you to share a little bit about your own journey because you've been through it too. You are an amazing woman. You're a mama. You've got teenagers. I do. Oh my I goodness. Do. I don't know how that happened. A teenage yes, girl at 15, right? Where her periods are going all over the yep. place right now. There's a good chance just because yep. that happens. And she's probably, is she a junior or a, soft, or a sophomore? A sophomore in high Oh my school. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's and, mimicking a lot of my own hormone patterns and we can talk about that in a minute. But, oh, let's definitely do yeah. that. Yeah. Cause I watched my mom. She was just a hormone hot mess my entire life. Yeah. And especially in perimenopause. And so I got to see honestly, with terror, what happened what to my might mom. Be coming. Yes. And I was like, what Does can I do starting in my twenties to like circumvent some of this? Oh my gosh. That's how I want us to think. I want us to think about what can I do? First of all, perimenopause and menopause does not have to be that way. It does not have to be a hormonal hot mess. It does not have to be this unhinged feeling. There is so much we can do. And what I've done in the book is really widen the toolbox, right? We're bringing in Eastern medicine. We've got Western medicine. We're merging the two together. And we're saying, look, there's a litany of stuff that you can do to balance your hormones. There's no reason to walk around feeling miserable. So having said that, you know, my journey was having to learn that lesson because as I hit my twenties, I guess stress and everything I'd been through in childhood or whatever else, like I just started to get sick 
and hair loss, acne, joint pain, weight gain, you know, fatigue, brain fog, all of these symptoms that weren't really me started to declare themselves as I hit my late twenties. And when I sought answers, you know, didn't really get much help or information. It's a lot of like you're stressed or you're anxious or it's in your head or here's something to take, you know, otherwise you're going to be bald. And a lot of the medications had side effects and, you know, I didn't tolerate them. So it led me on this path of self-discovery and long story short, it's my hormones. My hormones were off. My thyroid was off. My androgens, which remember are the male derivatives of the hormones were too high. That was the acne and hair loss. My thyroid was too low. That was the fatigue and brain fog. I found out that there was a big gut story to all of this. I needed to be off gluten. And that in turn, like putting those pieces together is what ultimately healed me. And I found myself with more energy than I had even before I started this journey. And so as I'm doing this, everyone's asking, like, what did you do? You know, what changed? And that really led me to start the practice in 2009, Center Spring MD. And we're now hitting 15 years and over 35,000 patients. And it's so hard to believe that, but it's still the same story. And that's the part that's so frustrating. It's still, I have these symptoms. No one's listening to me. I was told my hormones don't need to be checked. You know, I was told this is normal for my age. There's a lot of normal for my age or I'm aging. And woman after woman is coming in telling me the exact same thing. So I wrote this book so that we can understand it doesn't have to be that way. There are actually things you can do to balance your hormones and you do need to check your hormones and you do need to understand and track kind of what's happening because as women, we kind of undergo five major hormone shifts throughout our life, starting in puberty and moving forward. And each shift needs to be honored and needs a diet plan and a movement plan and the right nutrients and supplements to take. And I think when we ignore the shifts and like kind of push them away and say, oh, this is not happening, or this is a part of the normal aging process, we're doing ourselves an incredible disservice. And first of all, you know, let's keep in mind that women are living past 80 now. So when you're turning 40 and 50, you still have a solid 30, 40 productive years to go. So we can't ignore this next phase of our life and think that it's okay to not sleep, to get anxious and irritable, to feel depressed, to not be able to process information or think, or to like continually gain weight. It's not acceptable. We've got a lot to do still. You're starting a family in your 40s you know, in your mother's generation, that was not very common. 20 when my mother exactly, was Exactly. Right. So this is no longer our parents. <laughs> She's 63 now, you right. know, with her and first grandbaby. <laughs> you're right. My mom had me at 19, right? So I had my first child at 36 or 34, and then the second one at 36. So we're just in a very different era for women where we've got careers, we've got relationships, we have children. A lot of that came later. And so we want to be vital for the next 30 or 40 years. And there are answers. And I'm hoping people will read this book and be able to find those answers and understand and advocate for themselves so they can get the information they need. Yeah, I agree with you there. And one of the things that I wanted to just point out, you know, when you're talking about the five different hormone shifts that women go through, and I know you've seen this too, up until very recently, I don't think women even knew that they have totally, this many yeah. shifts. I mean, I honestly feel like there's finally a highlight on perimenopause for the first time ever, like really on highlight. 
that we just kind of skipped past that step and told women, oh, it's just menopause that you need to worry about. And so I think that there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of women, you know, not even trusting their bodies. I mean, if there's one thing that we really told women is to not trust their inherent intuition in their bodies. And I have so many women coming to me and saying, am I in perimenopause? Like what's happening? Am I in menopause already? Like what's going on? And we've just done a massive disservice to women by ignoring and gaslighting them and telling them to just don't worry about it. Or just saying, Hey, it's kind of over for you. You know, I I meet so many women in their late forties, early fifties that are just unmotivated. They're just like, "Eh, I throw in the towel, I give up. And I'm like, wait, You've got decades left to do a lot of things. And perimenopause moving forward is 50% of your life. You got 50% left right now. You know, you have a lot of of time left and definitely not the time to throw in the towel. No. And I think some of that may be coming from our ancestors, right? From your mom, and your grandma, and kind of watching how they behaved once they turned 40 or 50 and, you know, those were the ages where you were done and, you know, like it was really cut your hair, you cut your hair, it's a bob. <laughs> cut your hair. Oh yeah. my gosh. I know. There's a baggy clothes. <laughs> so right. Hair's gone. You're wearing like those like cropped pants all the time or whatever. That's a stereotype. Right. Yeah. And so I think that some of the most vibrant, gorgeous women nowadays are in their forties and fifties and they're doing amazing things, but they don't have the mindset that they're done or they're expired. So a lot of this is mindset. And so what we want to do is really open this up and paint perspective that we've got a lot of years ahead. There's a lot for you to do. You could start a family at 50 if you chose, right? There are ways of oh, doing yeah. my One of my best friends, next door neighbors had twins at 49. There you go. You know, so if we have this ability now, thankfully, to live these longer lives, we want them to be productive and we want to feel good. We want to look in the mirror and feel good. We want to feel good in our own skin. You know, we want our brains to work effectively. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be that way. So everything from your gut health, your liver health, your nutrients, how you sleep, how you exercise, you know, the food that you feed yourself you know, who you're around, all these different layers of your health intersect to give you happy hormones. But if that's not enough, there's more, you know, and there are so many options out there. There is hormone replacement therapy that now over and over again, experts are saying is safe, just has to be done in a responsible way where your gut's working, your liver's working, you're detoxing, all these other ideas. And as long as it's being done where your levels are being checked and you're being monitored, hormone replacement therapy is a good idea. I had to go on progesterone and thyroid hormone in my late 20s. From 30 through my 40s, didn't need it as much. Now I'm at 51, I'm back on thyroid. Talk about the second puberty of sports. I'm back on thyroid and back on progesterone again. You know, so, and I can physically tell differences. And so I want that for everyone, you know, why is this information sort of like gated? Hidden, you yeah. know, gated it feels and, like it's gated or like, totally, it's, you know, all this shame and just or that we're meant to suffer. Right. It's why enough. It's right. hard enough to I know. do all the things and to wear all the hats. And, you know, I'm just full transparency. I'm on thyroid medication. I have been since my thirties, mm-hmm. late thirties. And it's what helped me to get pregnant and yeah. to go move and navigate through postpartum. I'm actually dealing with antibodies that I'm getting back in check right now. Awesome. 
I'm on progesterone because I tanked it after two and a half years of breastfeeding. And I don't know if she's coming back. You know, she may not, you know, and when I admitted to you as well is that I'm on a little bit, I'm very low dose testosterone for a minute just to kind of get my reserves up. I just finished breastfeeding literally less than two months ago. And so I am in a depletion mode where I am repleting. And at the same time, I had two concussions and had post-concussion, you know, syndrome. So it all just like the spiral happened all at once. But in order for me to get back to my vibrant, energizing self, to feel energized again and to function the way that I want, these are the things that are helping and supporting me. Am I running labs constantly? Yes. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, are we, are we, am I not only listening to my body, but then also checking in with the functional practitioners that I'm working with who are best friends of mine as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. And am I making sure that I have good microbiome, you know, support right now that my liver is fully functional so it can process all of this? Because we know that if our microbiome isn't healthy, that HRT works differently. Yeah. And then, you know, that my blood sugar is stable and that I'm eating metabolically healthy meals and I'm moving every single day, no matter what. And so like all these things, you're checking all these foundational boxes off. Yes. And we get to get more support if we need it. Absolutely. And I think that's so important. And, you know, there should be no shame in needing hormone replacement. There should be no shame in asking to get your hormone levels checked, you know, And I think that we as women just need to take responsibility for that and understand that there are options and going on these things is okay. I think there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is this going to happen to me? Remember all of that information from the past about hormones are bad for you is outdated information. And over and over again, new studies keep coming out talking about how critical it is, especially for women from 40 to about 55, 60 to have access to hormone replacement therapy. And, you know, it's for all women and women of color have an even harder time because they are actually experiencing perimenopause and menopause even earlier. So they're getting dismissed in the exam room, you know, because they're not believed, right? That's an actual issue. So I want this for all of us. I don't care where you live or what your race is or your ethnicity or your language, even that you're speaking. I really want all of us to be able to be here to fulfill the purpose we're supposed to do. I don't think, you know, there's so much talk about, I don't know if you followed it, like, you know, the new generation of girls coming up, like, I don't want to be a boss, babe. I want to stay home. You know, there's a lot of that talk. And the reason there's that talk, because they've seen their mom really busted, right? Like busting it, having to juggle and the fallout of that juggle. One of the big things that I keep talking about is that, I feel like every woman needs to be financially independent. And in order to be financially independent, she has to be vital and thriving. And she can't be vital and thriving if her basic chemistry is not lined out. So all of these ideas are very interconnected. When we take away the ability of women to take care of themselves and we sort of relegate them back to the shadows again, then we're kind of taking away their power. So for you to be functional through your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s and beyond, we want you to be able to understand what's happening to your bodies, because then you're not going to be that caricature of the like hot flash, sweaty Betty, who's like, you know, creating a scene or forgetting things or blowing up at the drop of a hat. That's not going to be you. You're going to be the person who very confidently can navigate through the many decisions you have to make in life. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about that, that feeling vital and feeling energized. I really like what I like to call firing on all cylinders where we yes. feel like we wake up and we're ready to handle on. Yeah. all the things that yeah. we know we're going to handle anyway, but like yeah, we feel good right. handling those. And, you know, I think about how protective, how neuroprotective, how cardiovascular protective, how blood sugar protective our hormones can be for us. And, you know, if you start to notice these symptoms, even like night sweats and hot flashes early, I mean, that's a vasomotor experience that we've got to take into account, you know, early on, these aren't just nuisances that we're having. We got to look at this, of these other components. And that's kind of how, you know, I approach perimenopause into menopause is really checking in with, you know, is my brain fully functional? What are my numbers looking like? I mean, I have baseline numbers from my late twenties when I really started to look at things and I've been watching my numbers for years moving forward into my forties. And, you know, how do I maintain, like I had preeclampsia during my pregnancy. So I know that that puts me at greater risk for cardiovascular disease later. And so these are the types of things, obviously it's a very individualized approach, but we can take this information and knowing what I know and knowing how I'm feeling and looking at my lab numbers more often than probably one would love to, you know, I can make those pivots and changes, but just like I deserve to, to have all the tools in the toolbox. All of us deserve the tools in the toolbox to feel amazing. I know you mentioned watching my mom. I watched my mom totally bust it straight into the ground and she's still kind of doing that. I'm not going to lie, but she had a major kind of crisis at her late forties. I mean, she was going through 13 tampons a day sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was having massively heavy bleeding, estrogen dominance, driven symptoms, and felt like she was just in hell. And I remember her coming onto the other side of it and just reclaimed herself. I shared this in my last book and she decided she was going to run the LA marathon after she'd been wanting to for a decade, but just felt like in her forties, she just could not do it. Right. And she's now ran 70 plus marathons and half marathons. She's training for the Dublin marathon right now. She'll be 63 when she runs it. And I'm not going to lie. Resistance training is really the thing I would love for her to be doing. But yeah. she loves to run with her friends and it's a stress reliever for her. So you know what? Go get it, girl. Yeah. You know, and so I watched her this reclaim herself at like 51 years old when kind of the eye of the storm had passed and was just like, she's like, I'm redefining this. Like she got bigger extensions, you know what I'm saying? Like she got yeah. you know, she just re-owned it. And I was so proud of her because I know that that wasn't what happened with my grandmother. Yeah. My mom really wanted to shift her fate. And after she had been through hell and back, she was like, I'm doing this different moving forward. And so she's been such an inspiration to me. But then also I've seen, you know, my mom was, I remember her telling me at 13, women in my family don't have progesterone. And I was like, what do you mean? We don't have it. And, she, yeah. and I'm like, what is it? Trauma? Like, what is huh. interesting. <laughs> and so she's just like, your periods are going to be awful. She doesn't remember telling me just like, just buck up buttercup. Like it's about to be a mess of a ride. And they were really, I'm not going to lie. She was kind of right. And, you know, and I probably bought more into the dialogue than I should have, but there is something about my lineage where progesterone has been a concern. And I think it is trauma. It is a lot of stuff like that, you know, stress response system, superwoman syndrome that played out. I didn't realize I was like, oh, this is the reason why we have low progesterone. There's a reason we didn't just get born without it. You know, mm-hmm. we're it's Latina. Depletion. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's depletion. It's in our family too. My mom had endometriosis. My youngest sister has endometriosis. My middle sister has some issues. I was PCOS. So, I mean, I think there's always a genetic, energetic predisposition to things. But again, if we have the power to identify it, we, we can take it power. Yeah. 
And we can do things yeah. early. Like when I started to see mood shifts, because that was a big thing for her, Dr. Jekyll, yeah. Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And she said she would lock herself in her house for three days at a time before her period, because she knew she couldn't go out to see people. I was like, okay, good to know, mom. Like, And so as I got older and started to feel a little bit of those mood shifts, not to the degree I felt like I needed to lock myself in my bedroom for a couple of days, not see my son. I was like, okay, a little more progesterone, you know, couldn't, right. hurt, couldn't hurt a girl over here. So, right. you know, just knowing and shifting and paying attention to our lineage, the epigenetics, I think is so critical as well. And so important. All yeah, I've it. seen it yeah. play out pretty funky. And I think we both speak to a lot of women are listening and hearing and seeing in their own family right now. Definitely. And again, those patterns, 13 to 70 plus, identify them, own your shifts, know where you are there's an action plan for it. That's kind of really what I want everyone to remember. Well, I know we have a couple more minutes. I just want to speak a little bit into what are your, some of your favorite action plans inside of the book? Like what are the things that have really, and I get we're all individual, but what Dr. Taz, what do you lean into the most, even for yourself? Yeah, such a great question. So I think some of the biggest things are the mindfulness and the emotional tools that we provide in the book, because there's a huge connection between stress, trauma, anger, grief, and what our hormones are doing. So I think to me, that's a really exciting component of this book. We actually bring in essential oils, by the way, and talk about that and the role of your emotional health and what you can do there. I love using a lot of what I've learned over the years from Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, using their food remedies, using some of their herbal remedies and even things like modalities like acupuncture and things like that, bringing that into the picture of healing, really focusing on food and diet and how that plays into our hormone health, and then kind of getting into what you should and should not be doing about hormones. So, I mean, I think putting some of those pieces together, I get excited about. So whether you try one thing or you try, you know, 20 things, there is a place for you to begin your hormone journey in the book. And my starting point is really addressing that idea of depletion. We started the podcast talking about that with you and, you know, kind of breastfeeding into your forties and what depletion means. And depletion is becoming a common denominator for the women of today. And so how do we replete you? How do we fill you up? How do we raise your chi is a common theme that I find myself talking about in the exam room. So that's a lot of food-based strategy, bringing in foods, really healing the gut, bringing in herbs and supplements that again, provide energy and then moving into, do we, or do we not need to do hormones? Mm, mm, I love that. Yes. How do we get that chi back girl? How do we get that uh, energy back? Out? <laughs> exactly. I believe you. I believe that almost every woman coming in that door is depleted to some degree. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see it, right? Like you do this long enough and you can see it on the face, but we're going to turn it around. You know, there's no reason to walk around in that space. You can turn it around. You can build yourself back up. Your mom is a great example of that. So many incredible women I've met along the way. And who knows what's next for you? You know, as so many exciting things walk through the door when you are feeling good and in the right place. Mm, I love that. Okay. So the book is Hormone Shifts. It's available. This is going out literally when it is available. Honey, what else would you love us to know? How can we go and find you? Obviously, Instagram and YouTube, but anywhere else you would love to steer us towards you. Yeah. First of all, definitely check out the book, The Hormone Shift. We have a lot of pre and post order gifts. So check those out as well. And a part of those gifts include membership into my community, my superwoman circle, 
We meet once a month. You guys can ask me questions throughout the month. We have so much great content on there. Lots of webinars and other things that I've been doing over the years and trying to really help people understand themselves. So check that out. So my website is drtaz.com and the book is The Hormone Shift, available everywhere books are sold. Mm -hmm. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Taz and I share similar stories of burnout and being in survival mode for many years and not understanding what was happening to our bodies. And each of us felt inspired to dedicate our life's work to this area of women's health. As Dr. Taz shared today, it doesn't take a lot to make powerful changes in our health. The biggest lessons is believing that we deserve it and having body literacy, knowing what's going on with our hormones. And Dr. Taz's amazing new book, Hormone Shifts, will go so much deeper into the hormone changes that women face on a daily basis and throughout their lifetime. So I highly recommend grabbing your copy. And I want you to know that it is an amazing book for so many women in your life as well. So it's a great book to recommend. Again, the link for her book is gonna be in the show notes along with my metabolic assessment guide designed for you. As always, it's such a pleasure to connect with you and to just shed light on these very important conversations. If you did learn something today that kind of had you having an aha moment or that you wanna share, be sure to share the episode and take a moment and subscribe and rate the show. That way more women who are looking for these answers, who are looking for this understanding in their bodies has a way to learn more. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.